Welcome to Season 2 of Quarterback the Sale Podcast, the podcast where we give you the tools to lead your client from snap to touchdown. See, I believe those who have a winning mindset, a winning playbook, and a winning execution strategy, they quarterback the sale and they win every single time for them and their clients. I'm your host, Zach Santmeyer, and this season on the podcast, we are going to bring you real-life examples, people just like yourself who quarterback the sale and win every time. So you got into real estate three houses at one time without even trying. Right, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> you said, if I'm going to have three houses, I might as well make money off of this and start selling them to other people too, right? I mean, I even did this for my brother. I asked for his resume and called his good, references. Good. Did you really? Um, yeah. You called your brother's references. Was one of them your mom? Or <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm already self-proclaimed OCD yeah. and everything. But having someone that is detail-oriented come in and really look at things and say, how can I make this better? This week, I am excited to bring you my interview with Brooke Sines of Remax of Grand Rapids. Her group is the Grand Allure Home Group, and she and her team are killing it. She's just like you and I. Four years ago, she started, and now she has a team of nine people. So how did she do it? How do you build a legacy? And how do you build a team bigger than yourself? Here's my interview with Brooke Sines. Today, I want to talk to you guys uh, with, with Brooke Sines, and I want you to hear Brooke's story. She, she got into real estate uh, four or five years ago. And has been able to not just not just excel, but help other people excel in real estate as well. And, and what makes her story special is it's not just about her; it's something bigger, and it's about also pouring into her people. And so I kind of want to share her story and pick her brain today, so that we have a better understanding as as you're getting started, or maybe you're 10 years in. How can we build something that's just bigger than a job? How can we build something that really is going to make an impact and help other people that work for you and work with you and work around you? So. Brooke, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Yeah, so uh, we're talking to a bunch of realtors today, and one of the questions I like to talk, uh, to, you know, hear, hear your opinion on really is why'd you start? Like, why'd you get into real estate in the beginning? Well, you know, there's so many of you. I mean, there's just so many of you. <laughs> so, so why did you get in? Yeah, so um, full transparency here. I used to book motivational speakers and entertainers to colleges and universities throughout yep. the country. And as I started getting older and having kids, uh, my kids started telling me, Mom, you know, when they got old enough to talk, Mom, yeah. we don't want you to go on this trip. And I used to travel a lot. And that was like ripping my heart out. And so I love people. I have always loved people. Any excuse for a party, I will throw yeah. one. <laughs> and so I started just searching online what position, what career can I get into and still have a lot to do with people and yeah. to help people. And real estate kept coming up. And so that was something that just, it, I was just interested in it and I wanted to dive yeah. in further. Did you know other realtors? Like, did you have like some mentors in the beginning who said, Hey, you should look at this or was it just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. No, I really just decided <laughs> I'm just going to do it. So call me crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I just loved it. And my husband and I are accidental landlords. Nice. So we got married a little bit later in life and he had a house. I had a house, but we wanted a house together. So it was when the market wasn't so great that you could sell them. And so we decided to rent those out and move in together. And so 
thus the accidental landlord yeah. situation. So you got into real estate three houses at one time without even trying. Right, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> you said, if I'm up three houses, I might as well make money off of this and start selling them to other people too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when, when you got in, you had done some research online. You kind of said, hey, I, I like I like people. I like working with people. But then you jumped in and you started. So what, what were maybe, were there any like sticker shocks or any like, wait, this isn't what I thought? Or was it like, yeah, this is great. I like talking to people. <laughs> Um, I hit the ground running. I I loved talking with people and really building those relationships. The one thing though that really I just I wasn't prepared for is having people reach out to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I mean, you really have to like people yeah. um, because they are always calling or texting yeah. or you know coming by. So that's the one thing that I think I just. I didn't realize that realtors really work around the clock. Yeah. And it's a constant business. So you're leaving one job to spend more time with your kids, and now you're working <laughs> 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, when did you kind of say, okay, listen, the reason I get into this whole thing is spend more time with my kids, and, and when did you kind of have to start setting boundaries, or, or do you? Yeah, I think it's very important to set boundaries, and especially it's easy in this business to get drawn into or sucked into the sky is the limit mentality. And I needed to, I, I told my husband um, after kind of a couple months and I said, give me one year, just be patient with me for one year and let me see what I can do and where I'm going to go from there. And so that one year was a whirlwind. And I'll tell you, you know, we took our kids to Disney for vacation and it's a quote unquote vacation because yeah. I literally don't remember any bit of it, which Jeez. is really sad. Yeah. Um, I was sitting there in the middle of Magic Kingdom and trying to tell people to be quiet around me because I was trying to, yeah. to negotiate an offer. Yeah. And that's not the kind of life anyone wants to yeah. have. So I think after that first year, I decided it's important to set boundaries, and that's when I really stepped into wanting to develop and start a team because I needed help, and I was blessed enough to have enough business mm -hmm. around me to need help. Yep. So did you start uh, the first hire? Was that someone that was like a, an admin, or was this like a buyer's agent sort of person? Who was your first hire? So my brother. Okay. <laughs> in real is he estate, still with you? Yes. Barely. No, I'm just kidding. In real estate, it's common to have someone yeah. in your family do well and then someone else wants to, you know, like, oh, I want to do that too. Yeah, so yeah. it's really funny. My brother came to me, I mean, really almost exactly one year after I got into the business. And he said, hey, big sister, you know, I'm the oldest yeah. of four and he's the youngest of four. Okay. So I always have that take care of your siblings yeah. mentality. And he said, I think I want to get into real estate. And I'm like, great, here's the link. Go take the test. You know, how yeah. fast can you get licensed? Yeah. And literally, uh, December 31st, my husband and I always throw a New Year's Eve party. Yeah. And December 31st, my brother took the real estate test wow, wow. and passed it. And so he was a realtor <laughs> as of December 31st of wow, that year. Wow. So that was pretty cool. So a lot of people, they, they get hung up because they say, I'm just getting started. I should just grind some more. I got to do my time. Um, you know, this is part of the process. It might take a couple years. I can't afford to hire someone. I'm just barely making, you know, making ends meet. Or I've just finally got my head above the water. Why would I hire someone again? Um, 
how did you hire brother hire your brother smart was it uh i'm paying you the salary or was it you get to you know eat what you kill sort of thing yeah, in real estate, it's very much eat what you kill. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I told them, I said, I'll take care of you, but, or I'll, you know, take you under my wing and, mm-hmm. and teach you everything I know. Um, but you have to be willing to do the work. And it's sink it's, or swim. Yeah, absolutely. Now, on the other side of things, I hired a coach around the same time frame. Mm-hmm. And my coach said, she kept telling me, you have to get an admin right now you need an admin and the whole her whole philosophy was if you don't have an admin you are one Mm -hmm. and i was Mm -hmm. i was a realtor and an admin for that first year selling houses and then trying to be an admin with my brother on the team um and one of the best things she said to me is don't focus on what you're going to pay this person as a salary for the whole year but picture what you can pay them for the next three months. Can you afford three months worth of paying this person? And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, I think I can do that. And so I took a deep breath and and made that hire and she paid for herself hands down. I mean, probably in the first week. And she's been with me since, I mean, since that day, she's still on my team and she's amazing. I found her through a Craigslist list yeah. ad. <laughs> <laughs> the best uh, hires are. Yeah. yeah, but if I could duplicate her times ten, yeah. I would hire her over and over again. So. What What makes a good hire? Uh, when you're looking for someone in real estate, you're just getting started. Your Your eyes are bleeding. What makes a good hire to help alleviate some of that? So I read Patrick Lencioni's book, Hunger or The Ideal Team Player, and in that he refers to looking for someone that is hungry, humble, and mm. smart. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly who I want on my team. Now, I'll tell you that I went through, I mean, I even did this for my brother. I asked for his resume <laughs> and called his good, references. Good. <laughs> did you really? Um, yes. You called your brother's references. Was one of them your mom? Or <laughs> she could not have a say. <laughs> but I went through and I, you know, besides calling or looking at resume, calling references, I'm big on doing the disc links Mm -hmm. and the personality or profile assessment there and so I had her do that Um, one of the tricks that I had learned also in coaching is in the job advert or the job ad to put somewhere in the middle of it mention the word apple in the subject line of the email or the word orange or just some funky word in there so that you can tell the person is paying attention to detail Mm. And that was a huge nugget for me is to be able to do that. And now I still use it. I just placed an ad for a marketing coordinator yesterday and I put that in there. My word has always been Apple. Apple, I don't know. I I don't change it now. (laughs) But if I get a resume from you or an email with your resume and references and I don't have Apple in the subject line of that email, it's instantly deleted. Really? So you say put Apple in the subject line. That's what you say inside of the email. Inside the job. Inside ad. the job. Oh my yeah. lord, that is brilliant. I never thought about that. Yeah, you can tell because someone can tell you how detail oriented they are. Yeah. But until you really, until they prove themselves that yeah. first time. I mean, it, we're dealing with that as we grow. You know, how do we how do we hire right? How do we find the right people? And I, in preparation for this, because I know like disc, I took the disc test. Um, 
it's interesting. You, you learn a lot about yourself yeah. when you do the disc test. And, and there's the operational, it's just a tangent, but there's the operational and then there's the, what's the, like the actual or the natural or something? Yeah, the, ana- the natural and the adapted style. Yeah, yeah. Mine are very different. You like, should give it to your wife because yeah. <laughs> she'd love to read she'd it. She'd roll her say, eyes probably. Yep, that's you, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, I think there's a sort of person that you have to look. You, you, you it's very specific. Um, I, I read an article the other day, and the guy said um, it was about hiring, and he said a yes is a yes, a no is a no, and a maybe is a no. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think if we're honest and we see that disc, there a lot of maybes will come up. And mm-hmm. I just had one, uh, you know, hire that didn't work, and it was because there was a couple maybes in the profile test when mm-hmm. I saw it. And we, we do strengths finder and there's some maybes. I was like, he could he could be good. There's some maybes. Eh, mm-hmm. Maybe's a no. Um, and so it's just really being firm with what you want and what you need and then finding that exact person. How long did it take to find that first admin? It took me probably three or four weeks. And I think, you know, we want to hire slow and fire fast. Yeah. So there's a method to the madness. Yeah. I mean, we put them, we put anyone on our team through a series of three to five interviews and you yeah. don't just interview, you know, you do a phone interview with me. Sure. I call your references. I have you do the disc link. We do an in-person interview. You do an interview with the team and then you interview with my coach yeah. as well. Yeah. I think what's important for people to realize is that what you're doing, anybody could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of realtors who say, well, or, or insurance agents or mortgage people or anybody really in sales or a- any career. Well, that's good that they can do it. But X, Y, or Z, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you had some buts, right? There's some buts like, but, you know, I, I'm not, I've never done real estate. I don't know anything about it. All I have is two failed properties that I tried to sell and couldn't now they're rentals, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I think people get caught up by the buts, but it's important, I think, for people to realize that, you know, you can, how many people are on your team today? There's six agents six agent. and three support staff. Okay, so there's nine. So ten, so nine, nine. altogether. So mm-hmm. there's nine altogether. And how long has it been since you started? What, what was it? What was it? I just had my four year anniversary yeah, four in years. January. So in four years, you've had nine people come onto your team. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, I think it's important for everybody to realize that the people who are successful in sales and whether it's insurance or mortgage or real estate, every single one that's successful I know has a team. Mm-hmm. And they always do it faster yeah. than slower, you know, mm-hmm. because you can, you have to duplicate yourself. Right. I want to go on this tangent for a sec because um, when I met with you the first time, when I was leaving, you were meeting with, uh, I think it was a buyer. Mm-hmm. And it was a first introduction. A lot of agents that build big teams don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, why? why? Why did you meet with that person? opposed to have them go right to one of your buyer's agents. I'll be right back with my interview with Brooke in just a second. Hey, my book is out in full-fledged, and we've been selling hundreds of copies. But today, if you're a, if you're a realtor or a lender, I want to let you in on a little secret. See, I want to give you my book for free. Don't go to my page, quarterbacktosale.com. you got to pay for it there. It's 20 bucks. If you go to my website, trumbleagency.com, that's my business website, trumbleagency.com, click on the Realtors Lenders tab, and I'm going to give you the book for free today. Go there today, trumbleagency.com, and click on Realtors Lenders. Back to my interview with Brooke. Because of RBO, relationship before opportunity. And that relationship, regardless of how that person came to me, 
is with me initially. And it's, it's our team as a whole. It's, it's our, um, livelihood and I, in our community, our team culture. I mean, I want to be, I'm also a control freak and OCD, um, pros or cons, I don't know, (laughs) but I like to be a part of the team and the everyday activities that the team is doing. I lead by example. And so if I'm bringing in, if we have a new buyer to the team and that buyer happened to reach out to me through our brokerage website. Mm -hmm. So it was a very random, you know, lead that came in, Mm -hmm. but he reached out to me. Mm -hmm. And so I want him to get me. Mm -hmm. And so we sat there, we had a great conversation and I was able to say, here's another one of my team members and here's the team bio and everything about us. And we as a whole Mm -hmm. are going to take really great, really great care of you. I like that relationship before opportunity RBO should be a core value in one of your monthly, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> RBOs. Uh, let's talk about core values. Um, you're big on core values. You're big on um, a culture of core values. You love our core values wall. You guys mm-hmm. um, do. You're talking about doing a core value, you know, every month and focusing on it. What what principles or core values did you have when you started this business? As you began building this team, as you brought your brother and this new admin on, what were some core values uh, or some principles that you said? I'm going to build my business off of this. Yeah, I think um, definitely the hungry, humble, and smart mentality. Mm -hmm. But our core values that we came up with as a team, you know, several years ago when we started, um, is based on the acronym of Love West MI, obviously for Michigan. Yeah, nice. And so it's legacy and outstanding and valued and ethical. And work hard, play hard, because that's important. Yeah. Um, enthusiastic, success, timely, motivated, and live with integrity. How do you uh, how do you communicate those with your team? One of the ideas you said I'd like you to share and elaborate a little bit more, but. Uh, Something that a lot of businesses do and well-intentioned leaders do is they come up with visions and they come up with core values and they come up with these great things. Um, but if I asked their people, they'd have no idea. Mm-hmm. So how do you help reinforce uh, the core values that you have in your business? Not just say them, but actually help people live them, experience them, and have them as kind of that, that ethos right in the office. How do you do that? Yeah, so we meet on a, on a weekly basis as a team. We have our team meeting on Mondays. And we all sit around the table and we go around and we say the love West am I, you know, we, we say what our core values are. We also have name tags sitting in front of us, not because we don't know each other's names, but they have our goals on one side, they have our discs Mm. and what style we are on the other side. And then they have our core values. And, um, one of the things that I just learned at a recent mastermind event was, taking that core value, each one of those, and breaking it out and giving it its own month Mm. to really breathe life into that core value. So for example, our starting with L for legacy, what kind of legacy do we want to live or leave behind? And, Mm. And just having us as a team be able to dive into that. And so that's our core value for March. And we're just gonna eat, live, sleep, and breathe it. I love that. I love that. So when you talk about eat, sleep, we talked about it for a second, but I, I want to know what it is because I'm going to use this. Um, how do you like 
like sleep and breathe legacy like Mm -hmm. do you have a you know a little session where you say let's talk about legacy or do you like come up with a rap that's called legacy and figure out how to you know make it fun like (laughs) you know i mean like what do you do to make sure that legacy and getting that core value because you want your people to remember it and you Mm -hmm. want them to internalize it and then you want them to live it Mm -hmm. and so what like activities or what things are you doing to make sure that like legacy this month sticks Mm -hmm. so i think finding the overall definition i mean according to webster's Sure. What is the definition of this word? And then going further into on a daily basis, what it means to each one of us, because even though Webster's has given it a definition, what is it to each one of us individually? We can all have different meanings for those various words. And I think learning what they are as a team and growing together will just really continue to allow us to embody that Mm that core value. Um, one of the things that I just came up with the other day, and this is kind of a quirky thing, but is it a rap? Um, no, but when you said rap, that's why I, that's what reminded me of this. Um, but I want the team. I, we got a text from one of our agents. I got a text from one of my agents the other day saying, Hey, I was at gazelles and I was, um, buying this new headset thing. And I happened to be just talking to a lady in line and she said, oh, I'm trying to sell my condo on the other side of town. And, you know, can you call me? I want you to sell it for me. Yeah. And that was just out of a friendly conversation of standing in line. Yeah. And so she sent me that text. And I could have just said, you know, that is awesome. Way to go. You know, you're a rock star. But I said, you know what? I need you to share that with the team. Yeah. The team needs to know and be able to feel that excitement and, yeah. and breathe that into each other. Yeah. And so I said, will you please just cut and paste what you just sent me and send it to the team? And she did. And then she didn't just get accolades from me, but she got from the whole team. And then the team, is it yeah. allows them to think, yes, you know, I can do that too. And I said, we need to all be posting these words of encouragement yeah. and these little stories each time they happen. So in saying that and going along with that, I said, why don't we all come up with our own song that when we have a win and whatever win that is for us, I mean, it can be, I got the kids to school on time. They had a lunch and I even remembered their snack today. (laughs) Like, what is that song? You know, what does it mean to you? And it's, you know, is it, we will rock you? Is it, Happy, you know, yeah. what song is that? Um, they were a little disappointed that I was like, I've always liked that song by Mark Cohn, Walking in Memphis. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be like my no, lively song, but they yeah. were laughing at me. Yeah. But everyone now has a song. That's awesome. And so on Monday, everyone's going to have that finalized. You know, everyone was, oh, that's awesome. it was fun just yeah. going through and playing them and. We talk on a monthly or on a morning basis every morning. And so you get a win, you play your song for all of us. Yeah, I like that. We, you know, as as business owners, as business leaders, as team leaders, we try to create cultures, right? But at the end of the day, culture like comes from, like it comes from the team. It comes from the people. And I think what you did there was like you extracted culture. Like you're like the way you did that, that's part of our culture. Like the way that you talk to someone in line, like that's part of who we are. Mm -hmm. Share that story and like that is coming out of your team. And I think so many times we try to force culture into a business and say, here's our core values. And like what you said was, we came up with these core values as a team and um, here's what our culture is like. And you just force that on and here's the packaged cookie cutter thing. And 
uh, people don't buy into that, right? Mm-hmm. But they buy into what you're just saying right there. Like they'll share it and then everybody will have these praises because mm-hmm. that is the culture, right? Yeah. I mean, it's coming from them. Um, culture is such a buzzword, you know, today. And uh, it's such like a, but it's really nothing more, I think, than intentional, like, living like mm-hmm. intentional living inside of a business you know well and, and i think you know hire we hire and fire yeah by those core values yeah. and so it makes it easier to say you know you're not being an outstanding team player yeah. or you're not living with in- integrity yeah and it makes it easier to make some of those tough decisions yeah. uh some the reason i wanted to have you on here too is because when we talk about quarterbacking the sale, when we talk about um, leading a team and leading your clients, a lot of it has to do with just how we think about the details, right? Mm-hmm. It's how we think about the little things because those are the things that at the end of the day stick out. And we want our client, uh, when, they, when they sign up to do business with us, when they get that win, we want them to look back down the field and be like, that was it? Like, that was incredible. And we don't want there to be any little hiccups. Now, if there are, we, we know there will be, but we can plan for those hiccups too, mm-hmm. right? We can plan for how we're going to talk about a delayed closing or whatever it is. Um, but what, what you do so well is it, like this whole idea of details is completely a whole part of your entire business. Mm-hmm. Even from putting Apple, put Apple in the subject line, like right from the get, you know, you're already talking about details matter. Details are important. Um, there's some, there's some people in sales who are not great at details, right? What advice do you have for someone who's not good at details, but they know it's important, but it's just not their strength. Mm -hmm. You need an awesome person to work with you that that is their strength and that's the person you need to find and then listen to them Mm. and work together as a team to develop what do you want to happen from A to Z and then set up a system yeah. and follow it. What is is that why a team's so important too? Not just to duplicate yourself, but also to kind of fill for some of the places where you're not as strong? Absolutely. I think everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And if we can help complement each other on where we're maybe not so weak or where we are stronger, you know, I think it makes a big difference and that's part of the team, mm-hmm. you know, the team mentality. It's not just duplicating your efforts. It's actually uh, growing your efforts almost, right? It's mm-hmm. not just a duplication of you. Because I, I, we probably all have succumbed to it where we are hiring. And I'm like, this person's not any good. And I'm just saying to myself, well, he's just not like me. Right. It doesn't mean he's not any good, but he's just not like me, right? Yeah. And uh, I think all too often it's easy just to say, well, I just need to duplicate myself. Like what you did worked. You started selling real estate. It was successful. So you're like... The natural reaction would be for someone to say, I just need to find someone just like me and we can multiply our efforts. But I think it's more than that. Building a team is about surrounding yourself with people like like you're talking about, to grow the business, not just duplicate you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. I thought it was hard for me to do that first hire for that admin. And it's because I knew how to do it, right? I, I did it right, or so I thought. And when you get someone in, it's interesting when they do it better than you yeah. because their strengths are there. Yeah. And so a detail-oriented person, you know, like I said, I'm already self-proclaimed OCD and yeah. everything. But having someone that is detail-oriented come in and really look at things and say, how can I make this better yeah. or easier? And, you know, my word for 2019 is how can I automate it 
yeah. you know, yeah. and, and help push it further. So, and that's the other thing too, is having that team, we're all sitting around the table and I'm not saying, I'm not standing at a pedestal saying, this is the way we're doing X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, I'm not pointing a finger. It's very much, what do you all think about this? And then getting these fantastic ideas back from everybody. I mean, I don't have all the best ideas in the world. We do as a collaborative team. Yeah, yeah. As you grow and as you um, build a team, you still have a playbook, though. You still have a way you do Mm -hmm. business. Is a very clear way you do business. How do you, um, and I think you maybe just hinted at it there, but how do you make sure the playbook doesn't take their personality out of the sales process? I think it's... As you said, everyone is different Mm -hmm. and everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And so in our business, we have a checklist for every step of the process. It's not a checklist for your personality. It's a checklist for what paperwork side of things need to get done or what steps of the process Mm -hmm. you need to take them through. I mean, you sit down with a new buyer as a member of our team and you open up the folder, there's a, an outline there yeah. of what way you're going to go through the meeting. Yeah. I don't really care how you, what you say or how you necessarily say yeah. it, but that you say it and that you get that, that prospect mm-hmm. or that client the information necessary. And as you talk about in your book, Quarterback the Sale, it's taking that initiative and having empathy yeah. for that person of what he or she is going through and you know it's a very emotional process yeah. of home buying and, and home selling and I always tell our clients we're there to help you through we're the professionals so we do it on a daily basis but we want to educate you so you're making well-educated decisions throughout it and yeah. we're helping you along the way yeah you you talked about um you know the 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 empathy you have to have in the process, the the, the personality. But uh, I often, you know, talk to other salespeople, and there's there's word tracks as well that they're using for phone calls. You know, mm-hmm. uh, scripts. Um, as a fellow control freak, <laughs> I I like a good script. Uh, I, I like a good script. However, there's a problem because you can lose the empathy in a script. Um, you can lose the personality in a script, um, but how do you how do you help people at least have the lingo? Because it doesn't sound like you you have scripts. You just have some checklists, some overarching things, right? Um, how do you help people though understand how to? I mean, there is some lingo, there is some word tracks, there are some things that work when someone says your price is too high. I'm sure there's a way that you can you know talk about that, right? So how do you? train and and make sure that they're everybody's on the same page but not take the personality out especially when it comes to even just verbiage that's used oh absolutely and i know zach you do the scripts and role play with your team and i think that is hugely important Uh, we do that as well a couple times a week we get together as a team and we do role play uh i am not a word for word script person because then you do sound like you're reading it and no one no one wants to hear a robot speak so if we can practice and again practice with each other and not on our clients then we are able to at least have those objection handlers in our everyday dialogue etched in our dna 
So it's not necessarily following a script, but it's just knowing what to say because we've practiced. Yeah, and like categories, uh, to, to, to be completely honest, I did have word for word scripts and we had those <laughs> babies down and we were like, here we go. But quickly, I got backlash and in a good way because I surround myself with people who are very different than me. Um, and, and they said, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. I, I'm losing all my soul. You know, yeah. <laughs> it ripped my heart out. And then I, I heard them on some calls and I was like, yeah, that sounds horrible. You know, it yeah. sounds really miserable. It sounds good when I say it. It doesn't yeah. sound good when they say it, you know, because <laughs> I wrote the script. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and we quickly had to adjust, you know, and then it was just like, here's the idea. That we're trying to get across, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple of different ways to say it. Pick what you like, and maybe write what you, you know your own thing down. <laughs> it, it's hard being a control freak sometimes. You it know? is. We should start a support group. I know, because <laughs> well, you you want so badly a desired result, and you want for your people to win. And I think the assumption that I made, and some con- control freaks make, is this worked for me. It will work for you, mm-hmm. and it's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not true, because again, I think I was trying to duplicate myself and not surround myself with other people, you know, and it's a learning, it's a learning process, right? Mm -hmm. It's learning and there's not an exact science to it, but I think over time, like you said, you learn, you know, and you have these principles that allow you to, to learn faster and more focused, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're like, okay, like I have these things that we live by as a company, therefore I'm not going to have exact word scripts because empathy is really important to us. The, the theme, what what we've been talking about here really is, is building something that's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And legacy is the word of the month, right? So building a legacy. And so now your work for this year is automate and you're creating these systems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are what are some things when you're creating these systems, um, you know, that that you're, you're kind of holding near and dear? What are some things you're like, I want to automate this, but I will never automate this uh, when you're thinking about automation? What, what, what are the what are the absolute no's? This will never be automated. Relationships. I mean, you can never, ever, yeah, (laughs) you can never automate a relationship, and there is so much value there. And that's why in our industry, Zillow has a horrible rap for just, you know, telling people for being that automated price calculator or that automated home info website, Mm -hmm. you know, for people. And I think, you know, it's okay to service and have the information. But Zillow hasn't been in your house. Zillow mm-hmm. can't tell you what that's worth or or base it off of, you know, it can base it off of some of your neighbor's sales, but Zillow doesn't know that your daughter loves to play soccer or that your your son is a swimmer. I mean, it's and doesn't know that you like to run. I mean, just all those different things Zillow is not there for. Yeah. And so... Some of those things, I mean, yes, the checklist, you can have automation, you can have automated reminders for what to do mm-hmm. and the time frame to do them, but building and maintaining those relationships are definitely, those yeah. two don't go in hand with automation at all. When, you're, when your clients are talking about you to their friends and family, what do you hope they say about you? I hope that they say that that I'm honest, hardworking, and that they can trust me. Mm-hmm. What, what do you hope they say about their overall experience? Um, so I actually have a Zillow review okay. from a client that I sold his house. I don't know if I really said this or not, but he said that yeah. I said, sit back and relax and let me just take care of everything. Yeah. I may have said it, <laughs> but um, 
he put in there, he said that, he said, Brooke said to sit back, relax, and let her take care of everything. And we did, and everything was taken care of. And to me, I don't think anyone that went through the buying or selling process would ever say, hey, sit back, relax, maybe enjoy a coffee. I mean, that's not what people do. It's most people would equate it to an emotional roller coaster. You know, you want to sell your house and then the buyer walks away and then you find a house you want to buy and then there's multiple offers and you miss out on it. I mean, there's just such so many ups and downs. Yeah. So that was a huge compliment. Sit back and relax. Yeah. I'll take care of everything. That's quarterback in the sale. Yeah. I cannot have asked her to say it any better myself. Brooke, thanks so much for being an incredible example to all of us of what it looks like in real life, in real time, in real estate to quarterback the sale. Your team and yourself are doing an incredible job. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Trumbull Insurance Agency. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm an owner of Trumbull Insurance Agency. So if you would, you know, and you like the podcast, support the business, okay? Support the business, TrumbullAgency.com. Go there today, TrumbullAgency.com. Click on the Realtors Lenders tab, and I would love to give you a free book today if you're a realtor lender. So go to TrumbullAgency.com today and click on Realtors Lenders. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.